This podcast was made possible thanks to Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we have special guest Amanda Eggleston from St Helena Secondary College talking to us about the criteria for the VCE Theatre Studies Monologue Task 2019. Amanda will speak through all the different criteria that you need to be aware of before presenting your monologue. We welcome to the podcast, Amanda Eggleston. Okay, thank you, Nick. So today I'm going to talk through the very important criteria for your monologue examination. It's really important that you have evidence of the 10 criteria in your monologue presentation. By now you will have developed an interpretation using acting and directing skills or design skills to one of the 10 prescribed monologues and you'll be in the developing and refining stages in preparation for the set examination date in October or November. So let's go through each criteria one by one. The first criteria is the fulfillment of the requirements of the production roles. Now let's talk about what this really means. This is just to make sure that you are compliant with the conditions that are set out in the monologue. So firstly, have you chosen a monologue from the list? Tick. Have you presented an interpretation which clearly shows you have applied acting and directing or design skills to the monologue? All right, an example of you not meeting that requirement would be if you are reading off a piece of paper. Have you met the time requirements of the monologue? Now, I'm just going to break this down quickly because this is a really important one. You have 12 minutes in that examination room. From the moment you walk in, you have two minutes to set up, six minutes to perform the monologue or present your two production roles in the design brief. And then you have two minutes to deliver your interpretive statement and give a copy of that to the examiners. You then have two minutes to pack up and leave the space the way that you found it. Also, another important point regarding compliance is make sure that you've checked over the exam conditions and what is expected there. For example, there'll only be two chairs provided in the examination room and there'll be no tables provided. So make sure that you're aware of that so that you're not left shorthanded. Also, just be aware of the specification regarding your interpretation and the space. The space that you are creating your monologue in is five metres by five metres, all right? And the, it is lit um, in the manner in which the room is lit. There's no extra lighting provided. So that is really important that you are keeping that in mind when you are doing your interpretation. The other thing also is to remember not to bring in any hazardous substances. Um, there, there's a bit of an issue, I think, with Sweeney Todd with the knives. Do not bring a knife into that examination room. They will not let you use it in the performance. You have to ensure that anything that looks like a weapon or anything that is dangerous regarding objects or substances, aerosols, won't be allowed to be used. So you've got to come up with 
something imaginative in your interpretation in that respect. Finally, if you are using any electrical equipment, it must be tagged by an electrician to make sure that it is safe. And also you need to take into consideration that there will only be one power outlet available for you to use in the actual room. All right, criteria number two, the skill undertaken in applying dramaturgy. This is all about your ability to show that you have researched in depth your monologue, scene, script and the wider world of the play and the skill with which you've made your choices in including aspects of this research into your interpretation. So let's break this down a little bit further. For example, how have you shown the context within your monologue? So how have you shown the time, the place, the setting? How have you shown that you have an understanding of the wider world of the play and the plot? So have you read the play? Do you know where your monologue sits within the structure of the play? Is it in the exposition at the beginning or is it at a climactic point later on? And how does this impact the choices that you make regarding your monologue? Also, the language within the monologue. What research have you done on the style of the language? Is it poetic? Is it... um, realistic or is it in the style of musical theatre which has a very distinct rhythm and pattern and how have you addressed this and what choices have you made in your monologue the intended meaning of your monologue the author's intention when he or she wrote the play how are you showing that you have got an understanding of these in your performance and that you know what each line, what each, what each phrase means? How are you showing that you understand the, the style of theatre? Have you conducted workshops in the development process or have you researched the style and conducted re- workshops where you've clearly worked on Laban's movement theories and you have incorporated this into your characterization or workshops on musical theater where you have worked with timing and musicality these are all part of the research process and are evident in your delivery of the monologue criteria number three is your skill in working in the selected production role. So how you are showing the examiners your understanding of what it is to be an actor, director or a designer. So, for example, with an actor, how you are applying acting skills, how you are using your facial expression, your gesture, your movement and your voice to interpret the character. As a director, how are you showing your skills and understanding of what it is to be a director? For example, your blocking of the scene, what considerations have you made? 
your concepts and ideas? How are you showing this in your interpretation? Perhaps you are using other production roles to help bring this out, such as set and costume, which will help you in your directorial vision. And if you are doing design, how are you showing your understanding of any two of the following? Lighting, sound, costume, makeup or props. How are you showing the nature of that production role and the intended purpose of that production role within this particular monologue? Criteria number four is your skill in conveying the interrelationships between the prescribed monologue, the specified scene and the world of the play. All right, so what does this look like in the exam room? What are they after? The examiners are wanting to make sure that A, you've read the rest of the play and that you understand what the connections are between the wider world of the play and your monologue. For example, in Mrs Lovett's monologue from the musical Sweeney Todd, it is clear in this monologue that she has a connection or feelings for Todd and knows him already. So to properly explore this connection, we need to ensure we have read the entire libretto and that we understand her motivations and her intentions so that we can make choices regarding how we interpret the character in this monologue. Criteria number five is the skill shown in the development of a creative and imaginative concept for interpreting the prescribed monologue. So what does this mean? This really is about the choices that you have made as actor-director or designer. And it's also about how those choices have been informed by the wider world of the play script, by the contexts within the world of the play, by your understanding of the plot, the structure, the language of the script, the characters within the script, other characters within the script. It is also about the creative choices that you have made regarding the theatre styles. Maybe you've decided to not only use the theatre style that's implied within the script, but you've made a decision to explore other styles of theatre that fit within the world of the play and shed a different light on the script and your interpretation of the monologue. Criteria number six is your skill in conveying the context of the prescribed monologue. So what you're looking at here is your ability to show and convey the time, the place, the setting, the wider world of the play, the influences on the playwright through your monologue and your work on your two production roles. Now, you've got a choice when you're interpreting your monologue. You can use the original context, so the original time and place that the monologue is set. For example, the seagull is set in 1895 in Russia 
So you can choose to show that you've researched and understood that context. You may even choose with Nina or Tregoran to have an accent. Or you may choose to recontextualize your performance and change the time and place and setting um, or, and make decisions that change the interpretation. What's really important here is that any decisions that you make regarding changing the context have to be able to be applied and be able to be embedded in the wider world of the play. So if you can't apply your changes in time and place, for example, if you put Nina on the moon and it doesn't, can't be applied to the wider world of the play, um, you are not meeting the criteria. So let's break down a little bit further what we mean by the contexts. And it's really about how you've chosen to focus or concentrate in your interpretation on aspects of these contexts. So how are you showing the cultural or the social political influences that are evident in the monologue or that have impacted the playwright that could enhance your interpretation? How are you, for example, showing your knowledge and understanding of the wider influences on the monologue? So not only the rest of the script, but things such as, uh, for example, in Picnic at Hanging Rock, the play has been inspired by a book that was written in 1967 and was set in the 1900s. And the story itself is quite iconic. And there are a whole lot of things that are evident in the story that are not necessarily evident in the play. Have you chose to embrace these contexts? Have you made any choices to do so? For designers, what's really important is to be able to address the actual context of the examination itself. It is really important that when you are developing your two production roles, that they are developed for a space that is five metres by five metres. So if you cannot apply your two production roles to a five metre by five metre space, you will not meet the criteria for the context of this task. Criteria number seven is your skill in applying theatre styles. I think what really is important here is that you've shown, first of all, a knowledge and understanding of the theatre styles that are already in the prescribed monologue and play. And then if you've made choices to add other theatre styles or change the theatre style, that it comes from a place of understanding the intended meaning of the script, um, the structure and the, the language within the script, the characters, the themes, uh, images and the ideas. That you're not just making a change in theatre style randomly, that you're making an informed choice that is telling the story of your monologue in an original and engaging way.
So for example, monologue number 10, Hecuba. The monologue is an ancient Greek monologue, which if we look at the conventions of Greek theatre, we can see that there is exaggerated movement and gesture. There's the use of mask and also heightened language. So this might be one, for example, that we could change the time and setting into more of a modern context and maybe even a feminist context. So there would be a number of things that we would need to research and address and also in explore some issues that perhaps would relate to this script and be able to be applied to the entire story of Hecuba. Criteria number eight, skill in the use of elements of theatre composition. Or Mr. Vick, motion, rhythm, variation, emphasis, contrast and cohesion. The examiner will be looking for your understanding and your application of these six elements, either individually or in combination. And the choices that you've made in applying one or more element for each of your production roles. They'll be interested in looking at how you've linked this in with your concept and your knowledge and understanding of the play. The key here is the deliberate choices that you have made to use the elements in your performance. So, for example, with motion, um, the choices that you have made in moving within the performance space, the deliberate choices you have made and what it adds to the intended meanings or the world of your performance, your use of your body and your posture and your positioning, your deliberate choices to create the character. If you were addressing motion in design, for example, in set, you would be looking at the way that you have arranged the set pieces in space and how the actors um, interact with them, uh, the proportion of the set pieces and the way that they are positioned for the desired effect. For example, if you were looking at something like hoods and keeping it in the intended setting of a wrecking yard, how would you position and arrange the set pieces so that the actors could use them effectively because there is rapid transformation of character? How could you arrange the space and make deliberate decisions to enhance the story of Hoods? Moving on to rhythm. If you have chosen rhythm as one of your elements of composition, this is strongly linked in with the timing and the pace of your monologue and the choices that you've made to make it more interesting. For example, the way that you have delivered your lines, the build-up in the intensity of your piece, um, how quickly or slowly you transition from one part of your monologue into another. In terms of design, it would be the pacing perhaps of your soundtrack and how it interacts with the monologue, the timing and the cueing 
of your sounds or your lighting cues to enhance the dramatic meaning or build the dramatic tension within the scene that you've chosen or the monologue rather. All right, moving on to the next element of composition, variation. And as the word suggests, it's about variety. And really it's about a variety in the dynamics of your interpretation. So, for example, how you have used the acting space and have you used a variety of areas within the space? Have you used a variety of levels to help add to your story? And also about your performance energy. Have you deliberately, and this is about deliberate choices once again, have you deliberately built one section of your monologue and shown variety in the the pace of it to build the dramatic conflict and build the tension in a particular moment? All right, moving on to emphasis. So this is really about, in your interpretation, what have you chosen to give particular focus to? Or what in your concept is important to draw out? And so you might, for example, emphasise a certain word in the script. You might choose to show emphasis on a certain theme within the monologue. You may choose to emphasise certain colours or certain components of a theatrical style. The next element that we're looking at is contrast. Black, white, loud, soft, quick paced movement, stillness. The examiners are looking for how you can put two opposing things together to create a desired dramatic effect. So to enhance your concept, engagement and interest within a performance. Finally, we have cohesion. And I would suggest to you that cohesion will be an absolute necessary element in your performance because this really is about your entire presentation and how you have unified your vision and your concept and your performance so that you've achieved what you have wanted to set out to and things aren't jarring within the concept that you've created, that they make sense and that they are cohesive. Criteria number nine is looking at your skill in demonstrating the interrelationship between the interpretation and the audience. So this really is about how you have addressed your actor-audience relationship in this monologue. This criteria is looking at your understanding of audience culture, which is about how audiences react and interact with a performance based on what might be, for example, the style of the performance. Are you directly addressing the audience or are you having the fourth wall up and not interacting with the audience at all? So this is giving consideration to the context, the plot, the structure, once again, the language 
of the play script, characters, themes, images and ideas and the style. Criteria number 10, the very last criteria. This is your ability to demonstrate and orally justify and explain your interpretive decisions. So basically, this is about your interpretive statement. And this is where you justify and explain to the examiners in those two minutes your choices and make clear any points that you think might need to be elaborated on. If, for example, you've made a bold choice in changing a theatrical style or you have made an interesting choice with costume that connects with the wider themes of the play that you just might want to clarify. Just a couple of things to be aware of with this criteria. Firstly, you are assessed on your oral presentation to the examiners of the statement itself. And this must be done verbally. You may have your interpretive statement in hand, but you're also assessed on how you have applied these ideas that you are justifying and talking about in the actual presentation of your monologue or your design brief. So just keep that in mind. It's very important at the very end of your interpretive statement that you give a copy to the examiners as you sign out of the exam room and grab all of your props and costumes and like me right now, say fare ye well and best of luck with the monologue exam. Thank you for your time today, Amanda Eggleston. Thank you very much for having me. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That is all from us at The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, please feel free to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We have a load of episodes in the bank, so please feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. Thank you very much, Amanda Eggleston from St. Helena Secondary College for her hard work on this episode. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.